Hi, I'm Jenny Lee. And I'm Kat Kulejian. And you're listening to Big Sisters. Jenny and I both come from conservative backgrounds. I'm Armenian. And I grew up queer in a Mormon family. So safe to say our puberty experience was a little rough. We really had no one to talk to. Which is why we started the show. Yep, you've got questions, we've got answers. Probably. No subject is off limits, so let's get into today's episode. Come have a chat with your big sisters. Question, have you guys never not been in LA? Nini, have you been uh, homophobic? Because I have. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm proud to say I've never been homophobic. Yeah, me either. What? I'm kidding. (laughs) It's like, no, I I I liked both for too early on to ever be homophobic. Right, Anosa? Jenny Shay. my big bi story. Yeah, Anosa's been like bi since like what, like nine or something? I forever. I thought everyone was bi. I was like, no, I was like, no way. People are not trying to clown You're, women but just I'm a, a little. You're literally that. I right? literally am, but I'm a cheer. No, because she was actually, she did not think she was gay at all. Whereas, but she I, was like, everyone thinks like that. Oh, yeah. Then in that sense, yes, I really was, but I'm a cheerleader. Thank you, Natasha. We're one in the same. And no I love that movie. I watched that movie by accident in like fifth or sixth grade because we had like Showtime or something. So like I just like turned on the TV and it was on that. And I said, and it didn't speak to you. It oh, did. did mostly because I think that um, what's their name? What's Natasha. the love interest name in that? Oh, Clea Duvall. Yes, Clea Duvall. Young Clea Duvall was hot. What is she? Older too, like but now? it's. Does she not look the same? She looks the same. It's the same, but in like MILF form. And I I don't speak to that demographic. Like, (gasps) you're not into MILFs? (laughs) Kathy's like, I'm I'm an ally, so I can't like gay women over 35. Ew. Not that you, you just let out. Okay, you're still a woman, Kathy. You better be hip with aging. Yeah. No, she's hot. It just like doesn't do it for me as an adult, but she still has value as a woman, of course. And as a you're being not one day away from you're digging your hole deeper, deeper and deeper. <laughs> Anosa gets it, right? Anosa? No, Kathy. <laughs> I'm on the other side now. Maybe if you opened Anosa's DMs, it would get <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Maybe if you just listened to me once in your life, I would be on your side. Okay, you guys. Uh, listening to Big Sisters <laughs> podcast, where Kathy and I just work through, do like therapy together, work mm-hmm. through our personal problems mm-hmm. um and how, how would you define it kathy give us another one it's a third option us ignoring the fact that we have a guest and trying to figure out how do we phrase our podcast <laughs> podcast where we uh pretend like our guest isn't here and the, the podcast where we make our guests um wait 30 minutes to start recording because we were busy doing other things i was free at five <laughs> And then you said, and it says a heart out at six. Me, <laughs> me knowing that no well, I was either. fully free from five to five thirty because you said, well, we need to make five work. And I said, okay. Where were you at, Jenny? All right, guys, you're listening to Big Sisters. <laughs> this episode, we're talking about being first gen. Woo! We're joined by a very special guest. Um, Introduce yourself, sexy, talented actress. To early early child development educator. <laughs> the way you don't Daddy. know. <laughs> I was trying to phrase it in a cool way. You work out of I work. Melissa, how would you introduce yourself? I would say I am a I am an actress and I also so I got that right. Yes, yeah, so you got that right. Okay. And I also work in youth mental health. Youth mental health. You're also a thought. And I'm also a hottie. <laughs> I love to dance. I love to dance. I love to shake my booty. 
but only on the weekends. And, the and you love me. Yeah, I love you. And yes, I do like you sometimes, Kathy. Your nose is warming up to Kathy. Warming up. We were besties. I forgot to open one DM. Singular <laughs> one. You don't, I forgot. you don't know I what you forgot. had, Kathy. You don't know she what you had. She sent me the DM Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. I even checked. Mm. So I was, I was caught up. I should have replied. I should have. Don't know what you got till it's gone. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally you. Literally. Okay, but aren't we going to be mad at Jenny for being half an hour late? No, we're <laughs> Jenny's deflecting hard from that hard. and putting it onto you guys. We're talking about being first gen, you guys. So I want to jump in because you guys are off track and it's my job. <laughs> Let's gaslight Anosa today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even doing a podcast today. This is just a hang. Anosa, why were you half an hour late today? <laughs> it's inexcusable. And for that, I'm sorry. Anosa was the most on time. Okay, anyway. So to get into this, I'm going to do a little, little icebreaker, and I would love for you guys, and obviously I have nothing to speak on for this topic, so I am just going to try to help, like, guide the conversation if possible and let you guys do your thing. So I will say, to get going, if you guys want to talk about, like, the first time that you realized that being, like, first gen made you different than your people around you. Mm. Well... <clears throat> I mean, I guess it was never not a part of my life. I grew up in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which Ooh. for those that don't know, it's a pretty white area. And <laughs> I was like always one of perhaps three black people in my class, talk less Nigerian people in my class. Mm. So I don't think there was ever a time where I wasn't aware of the fact, I mean, like obviously based on how I look alone, I knew I was different, but I think, you know, there was never not a time where it wasn't kind of blatant that I was the Nigerian kid, especially, I mean, the classic like thing of having a teacher not know how to say your name mm. for role. I mean, like that happened every single year, every single teacher, every single mm -hmm. sub. So I, I feel like there were just multiple reasons that it was always kind of jarringly in my face that I was not American <laughs> to some other people. Whoa. And I was always kind of like uh, a different thing that needed explanation, whether that was as simple as pronouncing my name or explaining why I was eating something for lunch or mm -hmm. explaining why my parents dress in a certain way at different events or like so on and so forth. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> the birds call in the background. <laughs> yeah, um, no, cause I was thinking, oh my God. Um, did you feel like when, it's like, I feel like a lot of people like, who like grew up like that like are like oh you know like, like college will be better and then like what was your experience like in college because mine was opposite I grew up with only Armenians yeah. so when I went to college I didn't expect it to be different and then I went what the fuck is going on mm. so like I was yeah, just that's crazy I feel like we actually have like such reversed like yeah. socializing as first-gen experiences mm -hmm. but I mean college was definitely better because um you know I feel like okay so I grew up in Missouri for the first nine years of my life was in Missouri and that's where my parents went to school and they actually had like a very large Nigerian community around them. But then we moved to Arkansas and then we kind of completely lost that. And so going to college, I feel like, you know, with the Nigerian Students Association and other affinity groups that were kind of like African student based, I definitely met a lot more first gen Nigerian and just like first gen 
Africans and just like international students as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. And Harvard has like actually Loki one of the largest international student populations. So in that sense, if anything, I feel like my my degree of otherness was like incredibly like shortened or like made much yeah. much smaller because mm -hmm. at that point it's like girl you literally from arkansas like that's nothing compared to our friend tom who is truly from kenya like mm -hmm. got here from Dude, that's so true right? you know mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah i feel like college definitely worked to like de other that like portion of my life and at the same time i also met just so many other people who had such similar upbringings to me down to like you know, my, like, my parents are from different tribes in Nigeria, and, like, I met other people who had the exact same configuration as me, and grew up oh, in, like, such it. similar, like, configuration, like, or, like, yeah, like, my mom is Yoruba, mm -hmm. and my dad is Edo, mm -hmm. and so my best friend at college, her name was Sandra, and her mom is also Yoruba, and her dad is also Edo, and Whoa. she grew up in Hi. Washington, in, like, a very, like, also amount, like, around so many white people, and in that sense, it was just, like, what, bitch, like, we're actually the same, so, yeah, definitely found people, found my people who had similar experiences, and then also just realized that, like, my experience is not as othering as it had been throughout, you know, other parts of my life. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Wait, where's Sandra? Sandra, now she's in D.C. She does, like, healthcare consultant type stuff, but she's eventually going to go to medical school. Whoa. Medical school. Medical school. Going to medical school. <laughs> It's in the metaverse. Have you heard of it? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, no. It immediately stops. <laughs> Wait, Kathy, what was your, like, experience, like, your first time? Because you were saying it was college, right? It was in my college dorm. Wait, what'd you say? My first one? <laughs> um, I feel like I, I don't very... that. We've heard about that enough. Actually, me processing it. you haven't brought that up on the podcast, so you should share that story. I will not be. <laughs> Please. Wait, um, hear it. I'm intrigued. I, I mean, offline i'll dm you <laughs> <laughs> but she won't y'all <laughs> i'll dm you i just can't promise if i'll open your reply That's um true. i feel like mine was really opposite because i went to i'm first gen so both my my dad was gen? from my dad my, <laughs> i thought wait jenny said that right yes <laughs> oh, okay i, I was like wait when i said that just, you know, and then felt bad when Kathy thought it was a no-so. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. I wasn't looking at the camera, so I don't know who said that. Um, my voice, my sweet, sweet voice. We've been yeah. so intimate, our voices, Kathy. Um, but yeah, my dad is from Armenia, and then my mom is from Bulgaria. So, I, But I went to school in L.A., and like L.A. has such a big Armenian population, and I went to an Armenian school in the same one from kindergarten to 12th grade. So like, I feel like I did not think you know how like as a kid like you don't really like think about like who you are or like your body you're just not like aware of those things mm -hmm. like until you hit like puberty and then all of a sudden you're very like aware of like everything about you I feel like I felt like that I didn't really think about like how I presented ethnically I like didn't really think about like any of that like all of the white shows and like Gossip Girl and everything I watched felt like fantasy. Like I had no, like, oh, this makes me feel bad about myself. Like I was like, this shit is like Harry Potter. This feels made up. I have no idea what these people are talking about. So like I had no thoughts. And then I remember I went to college and I was supposed <laughs> to be Mine, like, what's your biggest conspiracy theory, Kathy? White people. <laughs> what? No, I, I just was like, I wasn't in any sports outside of the school. I was like literally, I went to Armenian school and I went home and I watched like TV or went on Tumblr. So I had like 
I didn't think, I was like an experiment. And then I remember I went to college and I was supposed to be rooming with just my Armenian friend. But then we got placed in a triple with this like really pretty like white girl. And I looked at her Instagram and she was like a gossip girl, a girl. And I went, what the fuck? Like, this is real. Like, this was like the Bay Area, like, like party girl. And I just was like, oh my God, like, I didn't realize any of this was like a thing. And I remember, and I just like, I remember being like super intimidated, but I thought we were like chill. And then I remember one day we got close and she was like, yeah, like I was so sad when I saw your names as my roommates listed because my friend also had an Armenian name. She was like, because I thought I was just going to be like rant, like rooming with these like two super like brown girls. And I was like super bummed because I thought you guys would be like weird. And I was like, wait, how did you react to that? That's actually crazy. I think I was flattered because I was like, oh, so she doesn't think you're weird yeah no yo I can't because I, I don't think i like realized that like they saw like that like white people saw me as like different like i feel like i just came to school and i was like cool well, i guess i'm in college now and like didn't realize when people were like oh like when i'm like oh like yeah i'm like here's my last name they're like oh like do you know dj khaled and i was like what like i think it took me a while to realize like what people were insinuating because i had no like that wasn't like a thing at my school. Like we, like I know who, what village your grandma came from. Like there was yeah. no, yeah. So that's my experience. Oh my that's God. crazy. The microaggression of it all. It was that's crazy. crazy. I, it's crazy because I didn't realize what they what was happening. Yeah. <laughs> this was like what? What are we talking about? And when did you realize? I think as it just kept happening, and then when I was I was in a lot of like women's studies classes, and I was in this like punk rock feminism class. And I remember I just was like friends with like all of the like brown and black girls in class. And like when they would talk about what they were like going through and the microaggressions that they had, I was like, oh, like this is what's going on. Like, I don't think I like put two and two together. <laughs> Sorry, I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember not liking the white girls in that class. And we all had like a little group. And like we'd all said, like- I'm from the caucus and like we would- Hmm? You said from I'm the from the caucus mountains. And I just remember I was, I think I was talking about how like Vogue did a photo shoot in Armenia and used like a white, like Victoria's Secret model and put her in like the traditional like Armenian garb. Mm-hmm. And I remember this girl named Chloe being like, oh, that's so fucked up. And I remember being like, yeah, for sure. And then being like, oh, I guess it is fucked up. Like, I don't think I just like, I think it took other people talking about things for me to be like, oh, I get like what is going on now. Which I feel like is, like, a weird way to, like, come into it. I mean, but that's fair. Honestly, as you were talking, a bit, like, truly, a bit of me got very jealous of your grade school and high school um, experience. Because (laughs) I just wish, I wish I could have thought that white people were very different and, like, not real. Because I feel like they were constantly in my face. And I feel like the Mm -hmm. first thing I think about was just, like, high school dating like I've listened to the podcast obviously I know about your Mm -hmm. dating life in high school and grade school (laughs) but um that was another way in which it was like so blatantly put in my face I was never Mm -hmm. I had my dating life in high school and like below was non-existent because Mm -hmm. none of my features were appealing to anyone around me because they were Mm -hmm. so othered to everyone around me and I was constantly like I feel like honestly that's why I was low-key a pick me as a child because I had no other choice I was like I guess I'll just be like friends with all the guys because they're obviously not gonna ever see me as you said guys just don't start drama 
<laughs> I'll just start drama. I guess I'll just be here like besties, besties, playing fucking flag football as if I can. Um, what? Where's the Sonosa? The flag football playing one? Yeah. Girl, she died as soon as I went to Shakespeare camp. What? She does not need to come back. But Shakespeare camp. I'm challenging you to a game of flag football then. Okay, we can do it. I mean, I can still try and run. Like, I'll still give my best. Let's play basketball. <laughs> no, please don't. I'm actually nervous for that one. Um, but no, that's crazy because I feel like that—that that was another—that was like another realm of my life, which made it very clear that I was like an other. The fact that everyone in my school looked so different from me, and their idea of what was like cool or beautiful or something that they were seeking was usually mm-hmm. just not in the realm of what I looked like. Whereas mm-hmm. I imagine for you, it's like everyone was the same. And like everyone, everyone knew everyone anyway. Yeah, like there was just no, like there was a million other like issues, but like I felt like that was never like an insecurity of mine. Like I remember like the, we all like, if anyone had like lighter hair, like a lighter tone of brown, like they were like, prettier but I don't think I ever put like two and two together or looked into like why like I have a friend now who's like Armenian but she has like blonde hair and blue eyes just like naturally and I remember like people would like freak out about her and just be like oh my god like have you seen her like that's crazy and I just remember being like yeah like that is crazy but I don't think I ever like it never made me look at myself and be like I wish like I looked different I was just like damn that's crazy until I went to college and that's when I got super insecure about like how I look and how I like talk is like especially coming from Armenian school like I talked with a different accent like I just had like a gruffer voice because almost everyone was first gen so everyone's parents didn't speak like super fluent English so yeah kind of grow up talking like that and our teachers were from Armenia so like whoa yeah no college is definitely when all of the othering dropped off for me like all of the insecurities dropped off because but I feel like that's also just so heavily dependent on the fact that I was from literally Arkansas, which is just mm-hmm. not a very diverse place compared to living in Cambridge slash Boston, which is yeah. so diverse because of all the different colleges and universities mm-hmm. to where anything that I once like judged about myself kind of just like <laughs> became laughable. I was like, is yeah. this a joke? I'm too hot for this nonsense. Like, <laughs> I just sure. lived in Arkansas for too long, <laughs> which I love I, her. I love Arkansas, but yeah. just not a lot of people look like me. So mm-hmm. it was hard. That's hard. Is your, are your parents still in Arkansas? No, my parents now live outside of Chicago. Cute. Okay. Because yeah. I was going to ask, like, do you ever go back and be like, oh, damn, I remember feeling like shitty in that spot and weird in there. <laughs> like, the Applebee's but... parking lot was a rough time. <laughs> No, luckily not. I feel like the last time I was in Arkansas, I was shooting a short film. Oh, actually, we were at the premiere for our short film. And it's so cute because now anytime I go to Arkansas or even think about Arkansas, I'm just filled with like so much happiness and so much like nostalgia for like, I'm very grateful for the upbringing I had. Like it obviously came with a lot of challenges and a lot of hardships and such. But I mean, I truly adore the fact that I had such a classic staple like southern american classic high school upbringing mm-hmm. um because i don't know i just thought it was a cute and it very much is like my i i am a suburban bitch at heart as <laughs> as much as i hate to admit it like the city life is not really for me mm-hmm. <laughs> i need a park and a family come and a to the valley okay <laughs> i'm not going to the valley no <laughs> stop trying to get people to come to the valley come on like, it's fun over here let me know time wise um so what aspects of 
I have two questions if we have time. What aspects of your American identity clash with your family's identity? Like these are probably things that you've more come to understand about yourself. Uh, Perhaps the queer thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, Perhaps the thing good, about good you being place gay. to start. <laughs> Maybe that. Yeah. I'm so you're queer. <laughs> are you actually joking, Kathy? Kathy, you're queer. <laughs> you're not the only actress in the group. <laughs> what did you say? You're not the only actress here, Anosa. Kathy <laughs> put a camera know. on Kathy, and Kathy shrivels up like a little. Wait, so do I, Kathy. That's that's actually fair. She's like a little dick. Yeah. <laughs> like a dick. This is like be funny for like this TikTok. Novel. Be funny. That's a good novel name. That's the episode title. True. Being first gen. A dick in the sun. Um. Yeah, I feel like it's so interesting because I feel like a large part of my family's identity, quote unquote, is obviously being Nigerian, but also almost as powerfully being so into their faith, which mm. is Catholicism. So mm. I feel like that kind of combines to where I feel like the biggest thing that kind of clashed or I noticed kind of clashing in my upbringing besides my personal queerness you know like that's not necessarily an american thing but Mm -hmm. my personal queerness and then also um understandings of respect Mm -hmm. i think in nigerian culture and i feel like in a lot of like immigrant like non-western cultures it's so incredibly important to have the utmost respect for your elders Mm -hmm. that is like the biggest like rule I feel like like you enter a home you are bowing to your elders you're prostrating before them you are doing everything for them you are not talking unless you're being spoken to and obviously different households are different like not everyone is like as traditional and as strict about that Mm -hmm. but I think I notice it a bunch um (laughs) later on in my life this being a clash especially with my Mm -hmm. aunt's restaurant she owns a restaurant called Veronica's Kitchen in Inglewood it is kind of famous Loki is that your aunt yeah, that is my. I've own. been wanting to go there. I see it on TikTok. Yeah, me too. On TikTok, yeah. True, I've been wanting fine. to go there too. We should go. I was telling you. We should all go. I do care. I'm like, I mean, I'm fine. Go. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I eat it all the time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but just this idea of like giving respect to people who don't dare I say don't necessarily it. Yeah, it's like you are not gonna like especially at the restaurant now i love the restaurant i love everyone who comes we're all a family yada 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 but sometimes these men be so stuck in their patriarchal ways and they'll Mm -hmm. talk to me as if i'm actually a child who was Mm -hmm. born on this earth to serve their every wish and they will be so disrespectful and so rude and little do they know girl i was born in america i don't know what you think this is but i will not be taking your nonsense I have a voice. I'll speak up for myself and you're not going to be rude to me or like talk mm-hmm. down on me and expect me to like smile and nod as if I have like no sense of who I am and what I deserve in terms of getting respect. And I feel like, How do you- ways- mm-hmm. what was your question? I was going to ask like, do you feel like your female family members like stand up for you or more like, just like, let's just go with it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause I feel like that's think- something I struggle with. Yeah, I think it's definitely a toss-up. I'm really grateful that my aunt, the aunt that owned, like, my Auntie Veronica. Veronica? Yeah, <laughs> Veronica, or as I call her. Veronica of Veronica's Kitchen? <laughs> Veronica of Veronica's Kitchen, TM. Um, she is, like, a bad bitch. She mm-hmm. is basically a single parent. She's had this restaurant, has basically owned it, and, like, operated it kind of, like, as a sole 
manager for almost 30 years now and she is like a talker mm-hmm. she is like definitely like she boss vibes like she boss she girl. has a podcast she girl has boss. a podcast she boss is better yeah, and girl, girl boss, boss. yeah I feel for, like that's possibly the next gen possibly but she she's always gotten a kick out of my like spirit and a kick out of mm-hmm. me like wanting to speak up for myself and always kind of people in my family kind of joke like oh you know that's a no so like that's a young veronica like oh wait like not gonna take people's like nonsense um, yeah. so that's, there's that side but then there's queer too <laughs> no very much not no very much like where that spark comes from of like wanting to not deal with the nonsense I think I mean I think it comes from being an immigrant probably mm. I feel like that are you saying everyone who has a spark is queer <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you heard and it he said, wait if she's <laughs> not queer then why does she have a no, spark maybe I'm, maybe I'm like simplifying maybe my brain is simplifying but I just meant like people who question the patriarchy I feel like often have like a gender or a sexual queerness about them you know what that's so interesting because I don't even know if my aunt would take her strength and take the like I don't even know if she would look at her life and look at all the amazing things that she's accomplished on her own more or less I mean with her family support and such but on her own I don't even think she would take that to be a like um yeah like an affront to the patriarchal system i think she does still in many ways kind of like find herself dipping into that patriarchal system and like kind of being complicit to it like at the restaurant when i like get on to her customers who are being rude or i like i'm like honestly sir i am not going to serve you if you're talking to me like that i don't know who you think you are yada 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 she gets mad at me She'd be like, enough, so those are my customers. They've been coming here for almost 30 years. Come on now, like, I know it's rude. Like, she'll take me aside and be like, come on, Anosa. Like, I know this is how you work, but girl, like, these are my people. And I'm like, girl, Mm -hmm. they came to you because they want your food. They can't cook at home. No way you are going to let them sit here and be disrespectful. When they came to you, you do not need them. You have many a wedding, many a party to cater. Like, you are not dependent on- You got TikTok on your side. Exactly, you got TikTok on your side. You got Yvonne Orgy out here talking about you. You do not need them. Like, it's so- it's so funny, I feel like the older women in my family, how they both, like, they don't even recognize their own strength and their own power because I feel like sometimes they're so caught up in, like, the traditional patriarchal system of life and they don't even see the, the many ways in which they're living their own life to the fullest as, like, a, a sign of, like, you do not need to also conform to this other Whoa. thing, you know? Like, and not wanting to rock the boat. I feel like that's, like, a big... Yeah, I've noticed with like my first gen like parents and like all of their friends and stuff like I think that there's such a like passive way that they're like women are strong it's like in the Mm. quiet battles and I don't know how to do that I'm like Mm -hmm. loud and like need to just be like what what are you talking about like what does that mean and I feel like they have a much like they kind of like strategically choose how they want to like speak up and like without rocking the boat in front of other people i do not know how to do that yeah yeah it's crazy it's that classic thing of like women are very much like valued and we see women as like the like the most amazing the most strong the mother is like the ultimate figure like everything that they've done is so amazing that is also still caught up in like the classic proverb of like the man is the head and the neck is the woman or whatnot you know like that nonsense still yeah so I don't know about all that, but yeah. Okay. Thing that I probably like the main thing I want to talk about, but then forgot because I started talking about my aunt was obviously being queer and mm-hmm. how's that yeah. clashy washies yeah. sometimes. Um, I don't understand why. <laughs> uh, well, as I said in the past, 
my family is not only really Nigerian, but very Catholic and very mm-hmm. faithful to Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And just like, I feel like most immigrant traditional families, they are just like, I don't think, a, I don't think one soul in my family would call themselves homophobic, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they do be raising their eyebrows. Like oh. they, you know, you hear things. I feel like you just hear things growing up where it's like, Mm, them yeah. yada yada just yeah language that's not necessarily like mean but it's yeah. like I, I feel like one aspect of my life that I remember always saying as a like as a child growing up was okay but what if me or OT or OSAS were gay like my siblings and that's yeah. kind of like where your family is like well why are you asking that question are you you know as as that being the first reply or like well I love you I, I'd love I love everyone the same I have gay friends mm-hmm. I've always loved them I've never treated them differently you know? yeah and it was kind of funny because when I came out to my parents, like one of the first things my mom said was like, oh gosh, you know, I'm not surprised. I should have known because all those times when you were asking me all the questions about gay people when you were growing up, you were really just talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, Buki. I didn't even think I was. I know, literally, literally. I was like, okay, like. You're like, I know you, you ate. I know you thought you ate with that <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah, I was like, they wow. On this, so. They do be picking up, but it's like, I don't know. My parents are very, I mean, Obviously, it's not what they envisioned for me as a young child, but they are doing, like, they are doing the work to be better and, like, mm-hmm. be allies with every coming, like, day, and I really do appreciate the work that they're putting in, because it's not easy, Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's kind of one of those things where it's, like, obviously, you want your parent to be supportive immediately, but for me, I feel like there was also some recognizing that, like, they just come from such a completely different world, mm-hmm. and they wanted to give me a completely different world, but yeah. that also comes with, like, some translation issues in between us and some generational differences and I'm feel very fortunate enough to like kind of take that and just know that like that's just the difference it doesn't change how much I love them it doesn't change how much they love me but they're gonna have to they're just on their own journey to like understanding me and figuring that out yeah um but for my aunt she doesn't know I'm gay still and honestly, for me, it was kind of just like, See, I'm telling my, tell her. like, I'm let's call her and tell her right now. Well, I'm scared she might low-key find out soon with, from uh, the hairdresser? uh, no, from a project I'm working on that I'm not supposed to talk about, but, uh, oh, <laughs> but I feel like on that project, they might low-key out me slash I'll have to out myself in front of her. And that would be interesting. Worth it though worth it but it'll be interesting i mean i've heard her say things that are like you know not outwardly homophobic but it's like do you think you could be the person that changes her mind i don't know that way part of me is like how do you not know yeah like Mm -hmm. i come to the i come to the restaurant never with a bra looking Mm -hmm. like my twinkie usually self she's like and like they'll just be like cute pants (laughs) thank you aunt just thinks you're queer coded true she'll be like that's just how the young kids dress these days True. No, literally. I feel like there should be another word that's different from homophobic that is like how you're describing where there's just like a gap in information and like um what's the word exposure yeah or like you're not necessarily like hateful you just like honestly don't have the education or the, the experience to understand it I yeah that word would be. I mean there's definitely a little bit of um what's the word there's there's a little bit of um it's, it's not completely neutral. It's not just yeah. like they just don't know. There is a little tinge of mm-hmm. negativity there, mm-hmm. but it's not, I mean, they're not out here like horrible, mm-hmm. like bigotry level homophobia, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like, like an, it's very reason. much an othering. Yeah, like a passive othering mm-hmm. of yeah. the group. 
Yeah. I feel like what I've noticed a lot with like where the homophobia stems from with like brown and black like families and parents is like it seems like it like comes from like a fear of like it's seen as like a hindrance and is like mm. a way like I feel like especially like in our like for Armenians like it's always been like an uphill battle to survive so it's always mm-hmm. been like don't like wear your heart on your sleeve and it feels like like when people are queer it feels like it, it like lowers your like defense almost like that's almost how I read it is like it, it feels like a fear of like well now you're exposed yeah. like you know, that's like Not that is something that can be used against you in a way that like I feel like a lot of like um cultures have been like trying to just like blow like like work through it and like funnel do you know what I mean like barrel yeah. towards and like survive and it feels like that is like another thing to be added to your like reason for someone to like discriminate discriminate against you and that's that's how i feel discriminate (laughs) no but literally kathy actually that's such a good point because i feel like one of the later conversations i had with my parents um namely my dad was like around uh pride 20 this past year pride 2021 Mm -hmm. when i posted it was i feel like it was my first like explicit post about Mm -hmm. my sexuality (laughs) oh my god Okay, you can. She's still there. I'll put it um, in the, the, the thing for the carousel for this episode. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, but my dad was like, why do you have to post that? Like, why couldn't you just say, you know, that you support all LGBTQ people? Like, why did you have to like li- put yourself out there? And I was like, dad, because because I am one. And yeah. like the whole thing with bi erasure, because my post was about bi erasure. I was like, the whole yeah. thing about bi erasure is that we are erased. And I was yeah. like, to not talk about myself, yeah it's pretty cute there i say i was like calling up all the homies to remind them oh you're so me calling everyone to remind them that i am bi and shan't be erased yeah true and so my dad was like why do you have to tell everybody your business and i was like because it's my business and like that's literally the point of pride that's literally the point of like like showing up against bi erasure and his whole thing was that he was just so scared it was gonna ruin my career he was like, yeah. you never no, no, know. No, no, 100%. Exactly. That's he was like, you never know. Like, people mm. people are going to, like, discriminate you, discriminate against you because of this. Or, like, what if this keeps you from getting a job? What if this keeps you from getting friends? Yada, yada, yada. Mm. And I was like, daddy, I hear you. But, like, mm-hmm. the whole point of pride, the whole point of, like, all of the work that has been done in the past is so that people like me and people younger than me and people of all ages can, like, be completely comfortable in who they are and that not matter. If someone's not going to want to be my friend or I'm not going to get a job or someone's not going to want to talk to me because of that, Mm -hmm. then I don't need those boo-boos in my life. Like, that's not the job I'm trying to get. Those are not the Mm -hmm. people I'm trying to be around. But as you were saying, Kathy, I feel like it's definitely this huge thing of, like, we've already gone through so much just to get what we have. Why would you expose yourself or put something out there that would give people another reason to judge you and give people another yeah. reason not to like, you know, be there for you or yeah. trust you or give you opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's I feel, yeah. Reason. I feel like that's something my parents have like touched on with like uh, most of my first cousins and stuff are all like queer and very like outwardly queer. And I feel like they've always been like, well, that's fine. They're like, other people can do the work to like further the community. Like you don't need to like to me, you know what I mean? It's like, great. Like, that's great. Like, I'm so happy that like the LGBT community is like growing and changing, but like you don't need to also yeah. put it in the, always have like to other people got it. Yeah. I think we've come a far way in that sense where it's you're not as likely to be impacted by that. Do you remember we were at the Butta Matri Leader screening? And yeah. like one of the actors was there and he said when he took this role where he was like as acting as a gay person, which he was, but he wasn't out yet, 
he didn't work for like 10 years after that or something. Yes, right? like he literally did. such an iconic movie such as But I'm a Cheerleader. Yeah. It's um it's so good. It came out in 1999. Yeah. And that still happens. One of the main characters, Joel. His yeah. name is Joel in real life and yeah. his name was Joel in the film. Yeah. And he worked so hard to get this audition because he really wanted it. And his team at the time, his like agents and managers at the time, were like, if you take this role where you're just being portrayed as a gay person in your yeah. character, if you take this role, we'll drop you as a client. And yeah. then they did. And they didn't even know. I don't even know if they knew he was gay in real life. But just the idea of being portrayed as gay on screen yeah. was enough for them to be mm -hmm. like, we'll drop you. And yeah. then they did. Yeah. But jokes on them. He was very successful nonetheless. But that is crazy. It, yeah it, it's such a different and it, it's like not even like that was that long ago like and i think that's where like <laughs> what uh, <laughs> nothing sorry go ahead sorry i quit. I, just, I just was asking to know so what else that man had done and then yeah he's, he's a producer. producer and then i went like this <laughs> god i got it i thought you were laughing at me saying it was that, that was, long ago i was like it wasn't <laughs> no it wasn't that long ago yeah yeah yeah. like we were like you know and i feel like that's another thing that's all and that's i feel like that's also another reason to give parents credit or give them slack because in the grand scheme of things shit has been changing rather mm -hmm. quickly like rather yeah. slowly but also rather quickly and that like i get why they're so nervous because it really wasn't that long ago like it was yeah. only for them it was just a couple decades and they're multiple decades old mm -hmm. so it's like it's only a couple of decades ago that that stuff could have really like mm -hmm. hindered the opportunities yeah. in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I get it, but it's like, I'm a young girl and in my life it has been different. So for yeah. me, I'm like, I'm just trying it, to exercise my freedoms. It's a very different reality. Like yeah. it just is so different than like what they grew up. Like, I mean, I don't even know what, I don't know what homosexuality was like in Armenia in the seventies, you know, oh my God. Like, mm -hmm. bro, I don't know, but like, even when they came here in like the 80s and 90s, like my he's always like lived with the expectation that like you can do whatever you want, but like keep it private because it's dangerous. So I feel yeah. like when he hears people being so outward with it, it's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, how like how are you doing that? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's also like I feel like that's it really is like a two part difference. Like there's mm -hmm. obviously like over time things have changed, but then like and then also kind of though as you brought up like also just the different countries where things are so changed. Like it's a cultural difference in like how out people can be and how proud they can be. And then also just a difference in time and what that has done. Mm -hmm. And in some places, time has done rather little to advance yeah. how people can like really be out there and, you know, proud of who they are. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's a double, double whammy of like having to adjust to things. Social media, I think is a big part. Yeah. We know it's a big part. TikTok especially, you know? Oh, TikTok is such advanced art kiddos so these days. I feel like it was like Tumblr. I feel like that was my first like, I went to an Armenian school, so like I didn't know many out queer people. So I feel like I didn't like know queer culture really in like a day-to-day -day kind of way. And I feel like Tumblr was the first place that I saw it. I feel like that's part of the reason that I, I feel like seeing so many queer people on social media in those different capacities is what helped normalize it so much in my brain. Cause like I'm watching TV, you don't, you barely see anything. Yeah, really see any queer people. Our parents don't have access to that kind of social media. <laughs> I feel like Willing. Honestly, I'm not even saying this is a joke, but I literally think Willing Grace was like a big thing. <laughs> like my mom loves Willing Grace, like truly and honestly. And I feel like Willing Grace is like huge for like my mom and her friends. Like, okay. like we're 
get, getting to know American culture and then like queer culture was even further from that and I feel like yeah. that was the first like okay like this is kind of fun like I see what y'all are doing yeah wow I'm really trying to think of what my what like what exposed me to queer culture first and I cannot think of what it was I literally yeah. can't think of what it was at all I think yeah oh I'm honestly pretty nervous it was probably straight girls who I was just attracted to on tv and I thought looked queer enough but they like weren't mm-hmm. like may like maybe like Lindsay Lohan like one of the Lindsay Lohans in the parent trap or like Emily which is one of them which one, one of them? Them? which which what do you one? Mean, one I can't remember one? but I feel like I'm thinking about them and one of them was like a little like gayer looking than yeah. the other one yeah, or like really California yeah really Emily Osmond in like Hannah Montana where I was like, I have a crush on Emily Osment. Lola Lofnagel? <laughs> no, not Lola, but like the actual, what was Lily? Was that Sam. her friend? Let's talk about Sam from iCarly. Sam from That's iCarly, true. Just like like people who I thought <laughs> looked kind of gay, but they kind of straight. I think, yeah, yeah I think it was like you just knew that queer people existed somewhere. Yeah, so I found them myself. Yeah, exactly. I probably mm-hmm. But yeah, I think our parents just didn't have access to the same. Like they wouldn't know that it's how, how different we perceive it to be mm. or as different as we perceive it to be so it makes sense why they're so scared yeah i was scared when i was younger what were you scared of being queer <laughs> being queer <laughs> being myself <laughs> true nice i know so how does any of the rest of your extended family know or is it mostly just your like parents and siblings Parents and siblings, um, and that's kind of it. I don't necessarily, like, keep it from anyone. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how my sexuality has been my whole life. It's like, I'm not really hiding it from anyone. Why do you have to but, talk like, about who you have sex Exactly. I'm like, yeah. I'm not hiding it from anyone, but, like, I'm not out, here, <laughs> not out here holding signs. I feel like the first time I, like, said something so publicly about it was that post that we referenced earlier. And yeah. I think my, um, I think my cousin is, and his fiance have probably seen it because like they have my social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only person, the only family member who has seen it and said something was my aunt on my mom's side. And she's like the youngest of my aunts and uncles. And she like immediately messaged me like literally within five minutes of posting it. And, and she lives in London. So I was like, honey, how are you even up? But she messaged me immediately being like, has your mom seen this? Does she know about this? And I was like, yes, she knows about this. Ooh. And she was like, okay, well, I love you and I support you no matter what. And I was like, well, thank you. That's sweet. So mm. she knows. But yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Loki, I feel like if I marry someone who's just like outside of what they're expecting, that will be the first time people know <laughs> when they get invited yeah. to the wedding. I agree. Mm. Or like when we're at like a serious family function and I pull up with them. And you're like, ha ha, hi. <laughs> hi. Oh, you didn't know? My bad. Shit. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll know for next time. Now you know for next time. Now you know for next time. Don't get it twisted. Everything makes me feel as cute as drawing freckles. I put freckles on yesterday. I do. I have a freckle I pen. To draw. Oh, a freckle pen. Yeah, it's Maybe from I like, get one of those. Kathy yeah, it's from the days. Oh. Do oh. you want to talk about it? You want me to talk about it? I think Cash. Cash. College, where she would put on like the like very blatantly obvious like polka dot dot polka dot freckles where it was like but I you were in like, on the joke like they were no. meant to be like that no or you were just bad at doing them i was just bad at doing them oh okay cool i so they but, were like like, literally... like i think if you in, intentionally <laughs> they would be it was just in a, a time in the world where everyone was trying to do the fake freckles so yeah it was very noticeable that kathy's weren't the most Looking, authentic yeah. fake freckles Organic. but like i did some for yesterday i did some at the wnb gay and they were cute. They were better. Here. Let me see. 
because someone messaged me being like oh i would have girl you know i can't see that at all can you see that a little bit yeah show me show me the picture but someone messaged me yesterday being like oh i thought about getting them tattooed on yeah i was like oh which i completely support i love I love that idea in theory. I've seen so many TikToks of people being like, do not get them tattooed on because like they- Oh, these are cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were cute. I've seen so, but I've seen so many TikToks of like freckle tattoos that have gone wrong just because like they go, it's really hard to not make them go deep because it's just a little dot. So then it like, it's like this huge. So now I'm scared because Loki, I would love that. I love- I just think the truth of my life is that I don't need them for every outfit. I just no, want them for the cutesy outfits, you know, exactly. like, it's, it's definitely about the vibe I'm giving. Like, I can't be wearing that yes. with twink outfits, sorry. You should, there's a, there's one called, uh, it's like a little freckle thing called by, like, this brand called Pseudo Labs, and it's, like, spray thing. yeah, and then you kind of just, like, you, like, you yeah. spray oh, I've seen yeah. that on TikTok, where a woman did way too many. Dude, I love I that. she was so cute, but she did not yes. like it. There's oh, a learning cute. curve with it. Always cute. Always cute. I'm a freckle TikTok filter, but I can't. Okay. I feel like it just makes me feel so cutesy. Yeah, I felt like, should I be wearing a miniskirt right now? Yeah. No, literally. You should. Bim- it's a bimboification. <laughs> literally, it's a bimboification. <laughs> okay. Say that again. A bimboification. <laughs> that would be the clip we post on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> that? Yeah. That has nothing to do with the topic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just going to ask, like, and I was like, what was, if you could give, like, 15 year old you like dating advice to like i just like a first gen to your family like what would you because this stresses me out this yeah. stresses me out i think oh, we about, already talked about last time i was jealous of your upbringing because yeah. i feel like everyone around you looks like you yeah but then you got to college and, and you she, I, I, the face. I, I, I was slapped in the face mm-hmm. at birth yes dude mm. We we had an old switcheroo, but like literally to this day, I feel like when I go on dates, and maybe it's because like I still live at home, but like I feel like the first gen experience is just so ingrained as like you do shit for your family that like every date I go on, I cannot help but think like, damn, what the hell would like my family think about this person? I don't know if you feel that. I don't know if you've ever- Oh, I feel that. And then I feel like I'm also low-key embarrassed to say, damn, what would this person think of my family as well? Okay, literally also that. (laughs) Like, I think of both. Oh, God. And that's tough. Because I'm like, I shouldn't give a fuck about what this person would think about my family because my family is bomb. But you can't help as a first gen also be- I don't know if you ever had the little bit of- Just the the embarrassment that comes with being different in 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 an environment where everyone else is the same-ish. Yes. But also, no, I've never dated anyone for long enough for me to, for them to even, like, want to come home and meet my parents. So I don't know why this stresses me out the most. <laughs> because you're human. Because yeah. you always think about it. Yeah, no, I've definitely thought about that. Mostly because all of the, all of the, 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 the lovely people I've had the pleasure of dating longer term have mm-hmm. both been outside of my race and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So I just immediately, I'm like, oh Lord. Yeah. My family. And also, uh, mm, uh, sadly enough, also the joke in my family, both my immediate and my external, or not external, but like a uh, more distanced family is that I'm going to be the girl who ends up with someone who's not Nigerian, yeah, which they always talk about. They always laugh about, but that shit made me cry growing up because I just felt like 
you feel othered by your yeah yeah like othered by my own family where it's like oh you know anosa there's like this nigerian term called oyibo which is like mm-hmm. basically a white person and so they always say <gasps> we have a word like, for that too what is it odon which just means different or other <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they would always give me like they'd always be like oh we know anosa like she's gonna end up with an oyibo and like that's that's gonna be what it is and i'm like oh cry 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 yeah but because so it's like, I, well, I maybe, curious. probably, but yeah, I don't need you telling. Like maybe, probably, and that's really has to do with my upbringing. No, no tea, no shade, but it's just. And anyway, that's like a whole different story. But um, yeah, it is a little nerve wracking. I think, I think, sadly enough, I kind of think, oh, what will this person think about my family before I think what my family think about this person? Mm. Or, or maybe I kind of think about them simultaneously. But then it's also mm. like I think I also had the luxury of the people I dated, longer term. They both they were both during college. So it was like, it was not like you were ever going to meet my family anytime soon. Yeah. You really need to go out of your way to like come home for the holidays, question mark. Yeah. But then eventually I did have that with my ex where he did come home with me for the holidays because he was international and he wasn't going to go home. What was that like? It was amazing. Really? Yeah, it was amazing because I think, I think at the end of the day, the advice I would give myself is, girl, trust yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not going to date someone who's horrid. Mm-hmm. And your family sure. isn't horrid. Like they raised you yeah. and you're a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. And a bad bitch is not going to go dating anything less than a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. So why are you nervous? It's like I would never date. I think I would always be scared that whoever I brought into my family wouldn't be respectful of our traditions, of our customs, mm-hmm. of, you know, some of the way, some of the ways that we do things, some of the foods that we eat, or they'd be judgmental mm-hmm. of them. And I think this also plays into even outside of the dating world. I think I was always kind of scared as a child that bringing my friends in who were, you know, predominantly white growing up, that they would judge my family for their accents or judge them for the clothes they wore, or judge even though it was mostly American, or judge them for the food we ate. When in actuality, every time I gave someone the choice of coming into that world, they loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were always so appreciative. They were always so excited. They were always so like happy to learn more. And yeah. I feel like the real person who held myself back from like joining those worlds was myself. Yeah. Like the only person who was judging it, like prerequisitely, no, that's not a word. Judging it beforehand for no reason was mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas every single person I brought into my world loved it, adored it, praised it, and respected it to the mm-hmm. utmost degree. And so it's kind of like, and I said, girl, you're tripping. Mm-hmm. You're the only yeah. one holding yourself back. I feel like that's mm-hmm. the advice I would give myself or slash like trust yourself. Like you're not going to date like a bum, you know? I will. No, I will yeah. over time and time again. Okay, I can't even lie. I did hear about your first couple men's, and you didn't even like them. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it on the podcast that you did not even like your first couple men's. Mm-hmm. You were bored. I do shit because I'm bored consistently. And then I, that? huh? You want to unpack that? No. <laughs> not today. Not what does today. that have to do? Um, with I do shit because I'm bored all the time because it feels like sometimes if I don't create my own side quests, nothing happens. So I have to create my own chaos so that like, I feel interested in what's going on. Cause otherwise my life is like super cute and I'm like, good. I got a job I like, I have friends I love, but like, damn, sometimes shit is just feeling like, have you seen that? There was this TikTok that's like, when you like protect your peace so hard that like life is starting to get a little boring. boring. Yes. That's how I felt where like, I did like a lot of like healing and I was like feeling good. And then it's like, shit, well, what's going on right now? I'm like living vicariously through my like books and shows. Um, so then I'll just like date someone 
because I'm like, oh, like, let's see where it goes. And then six months later, I'm hurt, even though I went into it as like a, eh, like, let's just do something. Mm, that's fair. But I feel like because you're such a baddie, maybe you should create chaos that's like fun of you. Yeah, I'm worthy really of you. Like, don't chase bland chaos. Girl, I know. You're chasing like the craziest chaos. It's hard though. I feel like I don't. I don't know what type of person I attract. I feel like I attract a kind of shitty person. So I'm trying to figure out what in me is attracting that. What do you? What makes you say that? Um, just my history of dating. I feel like I look back and I'm like, there's a very like commonality there that like, I don't know what it is that I'm doing that's like attracting that. And like why I can't attract something else. It's not like What's one commonality. It's just like very not ready. Like mm. anyone that is just like not actually down for a relationship or dating, that seems to be the like common thread is like, they're not really interested in doing it. Mm-hmm. Do but you think we'll you like, have been? Hmm? Do you think you have been? No, I don't think so. But I think I can pretend better than they can. <laughs> said, Let me at least catch a good pretender such as myself. Come on. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Shit. I don't know. But what would you, okay, but what advice would you give yourself as far as like, you know, the question of what will my family think and what will they think of my family? Slash, do you have any stories? I think it's a like cross that bridge when you come to it. Mm. is what I would tell myself like I feel like I've had so many instances where like I'll be dating someone and like I'll be freaking out because I'm like okay well like this person isn't in my religion like this is going to be like a huge deal like how is this what is this going to look like Like, how is this going to play out and it's Mm -hmm. I think about that so much Mm -hmm. that it like pulls me out of actually enjoying that part of the relationship and it also has never even gotten there so like I feel like that's something I tell myself of like you can't prepare for every hypothetical. You just like, you'll cross that bridge when you get to it. So let's get into some listener questions. Okay. I think we honestly just have one for this. Okay. Are you all ready? Yeah. This is from Angel Baby 42. 42. Someone made made a fake account mocking Angel Baby 69. Interesting. Apparently. So it says, I'm first gen, but several mm-hmm. of my friends are second, and you'd think we get along great, but there's so many differences. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to make them get it. Whoa. Okay, crazy <laughs> Angel Baby 42, because this is low key a question I was gonna ask Kathy about. Whoa. Was whether or not you had an, any insecurities about passing on your culture. And like, I feel like I'm honestly, sadly, very nervous about my kids being second gen and me not doing enough to make them feel like, um, feel integrated into being Nigerian. Cause I feel like my parents yeah. did a wonderful job and they did everything yeah. they could, you know, even though I grew up in a predominantly white area, like yeah. they did everything they could to make sure that I felt Nigerian. And obviously like they have accents, you know, they speak the yeah. language, they cook the food, mm-hmm. me, no accent not good at the language slash don't know it still learning how to cook the food yeah like, i'm just so scared that my kids are gonna be out here no qualms like no problem but just feeling a hundred percent american and like not nigerian american and that keeps me up at night sometimes because really? i feel like i would have failed them is that something you have control over yeah i, think yeah. So. I feel like you've been literally but you haven't me you've been doing your best like every step of the way your whole life 
but like i don't have kids yet so i don't know i don't know like, though it's such a like I would love to, but then I, if it feels like one of those things of like, when you see someone from my college, you're like, oh, we should catch up. And it's like, yeah, definitely we should. And then you never do. I think about that sometimes where I'm like, I don't want that to be the like cultural influence I have on my kids of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, like I'll raise them Armenian and then just be like, shit, there's stuff going on. Like, I'll get to that. Like, yeah. um, I'm so nervous about that. Like even, even like that. the language alone, like I've talked to my parents many times. Like I have like a low key deal with my mom that like, when I have kids, she's going to move in and she's only going to speak to them in Yoruba. Because I think one of the saddest things that plagued me is that I don't know my parents' languages. Yeah. No qualms against them. They were like both going through grad school when they had me. And for them, okay. as many, like, I feel like immigrant families do, they thought it would just be easier for me if they only sp spoke English around me. Plus English is like the main language of Nigeria. It's like mm -hmm. the language of Nigeria because there's so many other different tribal languages. Yeah. So everyone speaks English anyway. But I was like coming, some, oftentimes visiting California and visiting my aunt here and working for the restaurant and going to parties and stuff. People would always clown me for not knowing the other languages. Like they'd always call me Oyibo. They'd be like, you don't know anything. Like you're not even like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, if I can at least give them one thing, be like giving them the language would at least open them up to so many other things or to just, it would be such a good shield from anyone ever questioning the authenticity of their Nigerianness, yeah. which no mm -hmm. one should do in the first place. Like that yeah. in itself should be the real problem that is being tackled. Mm -hmm. But I just know that insecurities exist. And that was something I was really insecure about. And I just feel like it's going to be, you know, even a larger burden for my children if I don't do everything I can mm -hmm. to make sure that's not the case. And I yeah. do feel like it's in my control. Like I can take them to Nigeria. I could expose them to the food or slash I should freaking learn how to cook the food better. Like I am learning, but I should be better. Is there like a big uh, Nigerian community in LA? Oh my gosh, yes. Like yeah, huge. okay, yeah, like huge. That's why I'm so happy to live here because my yeah. aunt is like in the middle of all yeah, of them. She's like, oh, she's can like, I? Right? I want to go to your aunt's restaurant so badly. She's like, yeah, she's like low key the epicenter of it because of her restaurant. Like every Nigerian family in the LA area has probably eaten from my aunt's restaurant or gotten catering from her restaurant for a party that they were doing. Like she Girl, knows I need so know. many people. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, that was a really big reason why I moved here. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm going to feel detached when I'm literally here with my aunt. But then obviously it was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Didn't get to help yeah. out as much as I would have. Didn't get yeah. to meet as many people as I would have or would have wanted to. But, you know, back to Angel Baby 42. Hmm. They said uh, they just feel like their friends don't get it. Yeah, their friends are second gen and they feel like there's a big difference between first gen and second gen. Hmm. I think... I think that's valid. I I went to school with mostly first gen and like first gen whose parents all had a very similar experience, like not not formally educated, didn't come here and like go to school, just like came here young and like started working. working? So like, mm -hmm. yeah, like I felt like a very similar vibe with like almost all of the Armenians like I knew. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like when I started to meet second gen people and it was just such a different like it's weird talking to them being like oh your parents would be like me of like exactly they grew up with super strict like conservative like old school parents and then like they wanted to break out of that and I was like but you don't know what that's like you're looking at it through the lens of your parents who I would probably relate more to yeah um because I just feel like the difference between first and second second gen is huge I feel like between second and third gen it's not as big yeah that like first to second gen it feels big and yeah. I, 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, I feel like the truth is there is a big difference like that. Yeah. Like to act as if there is not would just be foolish I feel, yeah. because there is a big difference. And I feel like the best thing that you can do is acknowledge that difference and then do what you can mm-hmm. to mitigate it. Yeah. Or like just learn from each other, understand each other. And then I feel like high key from my experience, even though I was first gen, but maybe not as integrated as other first gens were, Mm -hmm. I feel like oftentimes people just hold insecurities on Mm -hmm. both ends and doing what you can to make the other person feel as though like you're not judging them, like you're not questioning their Mm -hmm. understanding of the culture, you're not questioning their experience. Mm -hmm. Just doing what you can to like listen and understand and empathize and learn Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. is all you can really do. Mm -hmm. I agree. That's good enough, so you should host this podcast. <laughs> what if you're Maybe. seventh generation? I can't um, even think about that because it makes me nervous. <laughs> Is that what you know. are? I think so. Seventh generation what? Uh, I, Mayflower? No, my mom <laughs> seventh just generation said. generation Mayflower. <laughs> Pilgrim? <laughs> no, I, in this case, it's Irish. I don't know what I am. For, like, I'm one sixteenth Irish. <gasps> we should do twenty three and me. Maybe we we're should. Together. Bruh, I took a t- my sister took a 23 in me and literally said 100 percent like Armenian, Armenian like Swana. <laughs> I said, Cool, glad this glad this was 100 percent specific. Like how specific does it get? Like which region and I think my friends have like Savannah's dad took one and it was like very specifically like cut up into like areas. Mm-hmm. So I think it does get pretty specific. I just think for ours, like I knew that. Like I knew for as like we're from Armenia. Wait, isn't your mom from somewhere else? Yeah, but they just went there after the genocide. They just went to, oh, I think her family fled and went to oh, Israel. and then Bulgarian. Yeah. So, like, they aren't Bulgarian. They just, like, they settled there yeah. until yeah. they were able to come to America. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you really are 100% Armenian. Yeah, like, this is <laughs> I was hoping there would be some, like, juicy family drama of, like, what if I was, like, half something else, but... Nah, we got juice. That's how I got my. Maybe Irish. no. Wait, maybe there is because you didn't do one yet. Just Lauren did. That's oh no! <laughs> you gotta juice, do it. The juice is Find as far back juice. as your parents. That's Find where the, the juice is. <laughs> See, but I look. It would have been more likely because Lauren looks nothing like my dad's side. Yeah, I look so exactly much. like my dad's side. Oh, so yeah. like, you have a different. Look, <laughs> different. Can you imagine? I'm like, what a twist! What a fucking twist! <laughs> Thank you. Um, thanks for listening, you guys. Thank we've you. Been, we've never done it like this, but this has been Big Sister. And that's a do your closing statement. Yeah, what's your closing, closing statement? statement? <clears throat> it's the summertime. Get ready for the bimbo. <laughs> <laughs>